You are listening to the official podcast of Salem Tabernacle in Beacon, New York, a community of people devoted to experiencing life as God meant it to be. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Please be seated. Please be seated. Thank you. Always a blessing and an honor to be sharing God's word, especially when you get to share in your home church. Uh, it's my first time sharing here on a Sunday, but um, I'm nevertheless so blessed and encouraged. Amen? <laughs> when Pastor asked me on Sunday to share, I was both honored and terrified. Uh, this is a pulpit that has, uh, has housed or has hosted great speakers, and uh, I, I'm just so honored that he would trust me to speak to you today and this morning. This week, uh, I don't believe was by chance. Uh, I believe that, um, well, let me get a little bit into that. Um, My brother was supposed to be with us for the week, and uh, some, you know, circumstances uh, kind of led, one thing led to another, and he was unable to be with us. And so um, I had taken the week off, and, and in doing so, I had kind of freed myself up, and I was supposed to spend some quality time with my family, and so I want to thank my family for, for encouraging me this week, for supporting me this week. Um, my beautiful wife, my boys who are up here in the front, um, who, who are always an encouragement to me. Amen. Before we go to God's word, uh, I want to I I share something with you today. I want to share a song with you that's really encouraged me this, this year, uh, throughout this season. Uh, as many of you know, my wife and I have gone through some things this year and, and even the past year, and, uh, and music seems to be my love language most of the time. And so um, there's a song that, that, we've, that we've all sort of worshiped to in our home, and it's a song that really has blessed and encouraged me, and I wanted to share that with you today. So if you would indulge me, um, they're going to play the song here. I, you can remain in your seat. You can come to the altar do as you will, uh, but just allow it to encourage you and bless your heart this morning. Your name is great. 
Is he worthy? Come on, is he worthy? I love the past, present, and future tense of that song in that it says, worthy you were, worthy you are, and worthy you'll be forever, Yahweh. Amen? If you have your Bibles with you, please turn with me to the Gospel of Mark. We're going to be reading out of the ninth chapter, beginning with the 14th verse. Again, that's Mark 9, 14. And when they came to the disciples, they saw a great crowd among, around them and scribes arguing with them. And immediately all the crowd, when they saw him, were greatly amazed and ran up to him and greeted him. And he asked them, what are you arguing about with them? And someone from the crowd answered him, teacher, I brought my son to you. For he has a spirit that makes him mute. And whenever it seizes him, it throws him down and he foams and grinds his teeth and becomes rigid. So I asked your disciples to cast it out, and they were not able. And he answered them, O faithless generation, how long am I to be with you? How long am I to bear with you? Bring him to me. And they brought the boy to him, and when the spirit saw him immediately, it convulsed the boy, and he fell on the ground and rolled about, foaming at the mouth, and, and Jesus asked his father, how long has this been happening to him? And he said, from childhood. And it has often cast him into fire and into water to destroy him. But if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. And Jesus said to him, if you can, all things are possible for one who believes. Immediately, the father of the tried child cried out and said, I believe, help my unbelief. And when Jesus saw that a crowd came running together, he rebuked the unclean spirit, saying to it, you mute and deaf spirit, I command you, come out of him and never enter him again. And after crying out and convulsing him terribly, it came out and the boy was like a corpse so that most of them said, he is dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him up, and he arose. And when he had entered the house, his disciples asked him privately, why could we not cast it out? And he said to them, this kind cannot be driven out by anything but prayer. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word this morning, Lord. I pray that you would open our ears, that you would open our hearts, Lord God. Lord, that we would be able to receive your word today, Lord God. That we would receive revelation from you today, Lord God. Help us to examine ourselves, Lord, as we hear your word today, Lord Jesus. And Father, I just pray right now, Lord, that you would remove any nerves, Lord God. Remove anything, Lord God, that would hinder me from being able to share effectively and boldly your word today, Lord Jesus. For it's in your name that I pray, Lord. Amen. Amen. 
Before we begin to unpack the scriptures today, I want to share with you a brief testimony of how this particular scripture uh, blessed me recently. Many of you will recall from the Easter season that I spoke on one of the seven sayings of Jesus. And in doing so, I tried to relate to Mary's feelings as she saw Jesus on the cross. And I likened it to experiencing the pain that my mother endured when she lost my eldest brother at the age of 30. That, needless to say, was a devastating time for her. And 16 years later remains a devastating thing for her in her heart. I remember speaking to Pastor privately one day, and I said to him, Pastor, I get so frustrated sometimes because I know my mother loves the Lord, and I know my mother is a believer, but she just can't seem to let this go. You see, my brother was a believer as well. And he struggled with many things. But in my heart, I never felt like my brother wasn't with the Lord. You see, I came up in circles where we said to be absent from this body is to be present with the Lord. And so, although I did go through a, a season of mourning, I was also encouraged to know or encouraged to feel that my brother was now in glory with the Lord. And so in speaking to pastor, I said to him, why is it that she can't seem to shake this? And he said something to me to the effect of, and she may never will in this life. And it softened my response to my mother because we like to believe that everything can be fixed and everything can be changed. But there are certain things that we won't truly understand until we stand before glory one day. And one day, my mother and I were sitting at my table, and this was actually just recently. And we were talking, and she was telling me about her many regrets and her pain. And she said to me, you know, I still deal with the regret of thinking that perhaps I could have done more. Perhaps I could have done something different. Perhaps I could have saved him. And I as always, said to her, but mom, don't you believe that he's in glory with Jesus? And she said, I want to believe that. And I immediately thought of this scripture in the 24th verse where he says, I believe, but help my unbelief. As we begin to unpack the scriptures we have to set the stage. Earlier in Mark's gospel, in the, ninth, in the ninth chapter, we see that Jesus is returning from the Mount of Transfiguration. The gospel tells us that with him were three of the disciples. We know that from the gospel, those three disciples are Peter, James, and John. And when we pick up here in the 14th verse, Jesus is returning to the other nine. And as he walks upon the other nine, he happens upon this argument between the disciples and the scribes. 
And then Jesus says, like many of us parents say, what are you arguing about now? If you're a parent, you can truly understand that. And then something interesting happens because we don't see a response from either the scribes or the disciples. We see the first response come from the Father. It's as if the Father interrupts the argument to seek the Lord, to seek the help that he came to find. And there's something to be said about the man who is intent on finding God's help rather than arguing about God. The man then goes on to describe to Jesus the account of what's been sort of transpiring in his life. And he tells Jesus, I came seeking you but I found your disciples. Now, I don't want to knock the disciples, but there's something interesting about that fact. I came seeking you, but I found your disciples. And as I was studying this, I was reminded, how many times have we been seeking the Lord, but we've settled for less? And in doing so, we face disappointment. And in doing so, we sometimes face the failure. And how many times have we sometimes ascribed or assigned that failure to God? Now, this man obviously was going through a lot. As we see here, he tells Jesus, this has been happening since he was a child. So this is not just something that happened upon him or something that he just began to endure. And as, again, as I mentioned earlier, as a parent, there's nothing you want to do more than to protect your children. And so he comes seeking this great hope, and instead he finds the disciples. But then as Jesus walks into the room, he realigns himself, and he sees that hope, he sees that glory once again. As Jesus begins to speak to him, you get this yearning that he is uncovering this faithlessness. Again, I don't want to bash the disciples, but we see in the scriptures that Jesus is sort of annoyed, sort of bothered by the faithlessness that he's seeing here. And we see that very closely with the Father as well. And as I mentioned earlier, the thing with the Father is that, of course, we can relate to when we ourselves have been battered and beat down, how our faith sometimes struggles. And the Father says something interesting here. He says, I do believe, but help my unbelief. My friends, acknowledging our doubt does not disqualify our faith. 
This story shows us that when our faith is imperfect, we can seek the Lord as the perfecter of our faith. We can seek him to increase our faith. There's a story early in Mark's gospel. You may recall that as Jesus crosses to the other side, he finds Jairus. And in doing so, we know that Jairus falls to his knees and he's asking the Lord to come heal his daughter who's facing death. But sandwiched in between that story is the woman with the issue of blood. And we know that she had this hope, she had this faith that if she could just touch the hem of Jesus' garment, that she would be healed. The scriptures say that when she did that, she was healed. But something interesting also happens there. The scriptures also say that Jesus felt power release him. In doing so, he says to the disciples, somebody touch me. And the disciples, as they always do, looked at him crazy. Lord, there's like hundreds of people here. What do you mean somebody touched you? Our faith activates power. And Jesus says to her, your faith has healed you. In fact, he says, daughter, your faith has healed you today. We look at this story and it seems as if the man didn't have the faith of the daughter. But what he had was the honesty to say, Lord, I lack that kind of faith. But I'm asking you to give me more faith. And so I'm asking you today, are you in a situation today where you need faith? Are you just trying to pray away your problems? Are you just trying to pray away your fears, your anxiety? Or are you asking God, Lord, give me more faith? Lord, to endure. Lord, to wait on you, as Pastor always says. At the close of this story, we see something very interesting as well. In the sixth chapter of Mark's gospel, it says that Jesus had given authority to the disciples over the demons. And so, in the beginning of this story, we recall that the, the, the disciples are arguing with the scribes. And, and, and the disciples are sort of bewildered right now because it says in the, in, in, in the sixth chapter that they went out two by two and they healed people of these demons. And so now they're a little bit confused because they're saying to themselves, why couldn't we do it this time? And Jesus answers them, this kind can only be, this kind can only be dealt with by prayer. That's a reminder to us today, never to undermine the power of prayer. In fact, it's in prayer that we find the root of our faith, in that relationship with the Lord. And that needs to always be the source 
of our strength in speaking to him and sharing with him in allowing ourselves to fall before him. As we close today, I want you to consider today And again, this is with no judgment. I'm the first to tell you that I've struggled in my faith immensely. I've been in seasons of hurt. I've been in seasons of doubt. But as I mentioned, this scripture encourages me to know that when I'm in those seasons, I can depend on him. In your seats, you'll see that you have your communion cups. And as we uh, begin to, as we go to the Lord's table this morning, I want to ask us to examine ourselves. I want us to consider today where we are with our belief. Do we see this as just a weekly exercise? Or do we really see this as the body and the blood of Jesus? And so as we stand, Father, I just thank you today, Lord God, for your word, Lord Jesus. I thank you, Lord, that when we don't have faith, Lord Jesus, you can give us more faith, Lord God. Father, I thank you that you are the source of our strength, Lord Jesus. And Lord, we pray today, Lord God, that you would remind us of that on a daily basis, Lord Jesus. Lord, that just as the song said earlier, Lord God, the great I am doesn't just live around me. He doesn't live on the side of me, Lord God. He lives inside of me, Lord Jesus. Father, that we would always be reminded, Lord God, that you reside in us, Lord God, that you live in us, Lord Jesus, and that we would always look to you, Lord God, the author and the perfecter of our faith, Lord Jesus. Lord, as we prepare to take this cup, Lord God, as we prepare to share in this meal, Lord Jesus, we ask that you would make it new to us today, Lord God, that you would reveal yourself to us in a, in a new way, Lord God. Oh, Lord God, that as even as we get ready to celebrate this country's independence, Lord God, that we would also celebrate our dependence on you, Lord God. Lord God, because we know we need you, Lord Jesus. And so we thank you today, Lord God, because you always show up, Lord Jesus. And Lord God, you use even the mouth, Lord God, of a man like me, an imperfect man, Lord Jesus, to encourage your people, Lord God, to remind them of your faithfulness, Lord God, to remind them of your love, Lord God. And so we thank you today, Lord Jesus. Be that for us today, that source of encouragement, Lord God. 
for it's in your precious and your matchless name that we pray, Lord. Amen. Please enjoy. Thanks for listening to the Salem Tabernacle Podcast. For more information about us, including gathering times and our location, check us out online at salemtabernacle.com.